RadioInfluence.com. Okay, well, welcome back to a new episode of the You're Not Wrong podcast. My name's, oh, I'm sorry, we're a Gen Xer and a millennial. Talk about culture back then, culture right now, and mostly agree to disagree. My name's mm-hmm. Elizabeth. I'm a millennial. I'm Nicole, and I'm a Gen Xer. And today we have a, another special episode. I'm yep. going to go ahead and flip it to Nicole since it is a Gen X file. It and is. please tell us what we've got in store for us today. Okay. Well, guys, today I'm very happy to say that Stephanie Hayes, Tampa Bay syndicated columnist yes. <laughs> and author yes. and former like colleague and pioneer, <laughs> if you will, is here with us today. Hey, hey, everybody. Thank Welcome. you for having me. Thanks this for being so here. Cool. Is it? I haven't seen Nicole in a long time. It's been a long time since we've seen each other in person. Yes. We used to work together at the Tampa Bay Times, where I still work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you've been gone for years. I and know. I just want to tell you that, like, Nicole's a wonderful person. She's brilliant. Thank you. But I, like, not a but. And <laughs> I was always, like extremely intimidated by your physical beauty like she is like nicole is like the most beautiful person like did you pay her (laughs) i didn't pay her no but i just always thought this if if you've been kidnapped (laughs) i've not been held hostage okay okay no no (laughs) i mean you were put together you were confident and you were just always one of those people that i was like oh man oh my god i need to step up I honestly cannot like really believe that, but I <laughs> mean, true. I do, but thank you. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> um, that's so crazy because I feel like that during that time, I was like so wobbly and mm-hmm. all over the place as a person. You're like a new mom. And, yeah, yeah. I was literally pregnant. So listen, let's, let's talk about the fact that Stephanie and I worked together and just a little history. And we also started one of the Tampa Bay Times first blogs. Mm-hmm. Oh. Deal Divas. Yes. It was a shopping and fashion blog. It was. It's a lot of fun. Fashion. fashion. And shopping and yes. saving. Yes. Right? It yes. was it was one of the first blogs they did. And we sort of like had to kind of fight a little bit to do it. I mean, we yeah. all we both had our beats. At the time, I can't really remember what you were. I think you were a feature writer. I've had so many beats you that have. I can't even remember. I mean, I did the blog kind of over almost a decade through a ton of different beats that I've done over the years. But the blog was kind of on the side and the yeah. fun thing, you know. And yeah, it was fun. Yeah, and it's, it's it was always hard to justify like I've got to write my fashion post when you have to go like to a crime <laughs> scene to a murder, like whatever, yeah. you know. Um, but I think people really enjoyed reading it. It kind of set me up for what I'm doing now, which is column writing. Um, I've yeah. done a lot of different things at the times, but now I've it sort of helped me develop my voice as a very conversational writer and mm-hmm, like a mm-hmm. funny writer. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the tone of my work now. So I think I think that the blog walked so that I could run. <laughs> I think so, too. Yeah. Are you you're the last of the bloggers. Yeah. Letitia's not even there anymore. No, no. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So I do yeah. things for a really long time when I do things. You do. Like Girl, you do the damn thing. You stay. You stick yeah. with it. But no, it was a fun time. Yeah. She's right. We had to kind of fight. We did a good job. We ended up getting a green eye shade mm-hmm. 
Award? Yeah. I got a National Headliner Award toward the end for, for the blog. Yeah. Wow. I don't know how that... Actually, I didn't know that I won it. I didn't know... Like, there was no announcement. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> really care very much about the blog. They what? were like, yeah, the internet. We don't really care about One that. day, this <laughs> plaque showed well, up in my why? office. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> really? Sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. I just... I got... I opened a box one day, and it was a plaque that was, like, first place National Headliner. I was oh like... Oh, my God, Stephanie. <laughs> excuse me. What is this? Why did no one tell me? Might want to mention that. Bring you like, like some could donuts. I get, yeah, could I get a cake or something? something. You know? <laughs> anyway. That's the problem. I like the blog. Is that still a thing? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, the blog is defunct now. We don't really do blogs anymore. I think that was... You know, that's been replaced by things like podcasting yeah. and things like newsletters that sure. we do a lot of. Yeah. And, Speaking of yeah. which, you mm-hmm. have a really fun weekly newsletter. Yes. Stephanie. Definitely. Definitely. Rhymes yes. with definitely. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say Stephanie. I don't know why, but. It's kind definitely. of a mind bender when you look at the word, but then when, when you figure out the joke. I it, love it. I love it. So, you. like, okay. I knew Stephanie. You were like writing obituaries, writing mm-hmm. feature stories. You were just like finding your way to now being syndicated columnist. With at least one novel already done. Yeah. And this newsletter. So tell us a little bit about what you have going on. Like yeah. That and beyond. So I write um, two columns a week, give or take, sometimes more, sometimes less for the Times. And then one of those columns goes out nationally to whoever signs up for it, which it sounds a lot fancier than it is. It's like syndicated <laughs> column writing isn't what it used to be in like the Dave Barry era, you know, but it's still cool. So people, I mean, people seek yeah. out their columnists. It's they do. Thing. Yeah. So it goes out to whoever it goes out to. And then uh, every Monday I email out a newsletter. Definitely. Uh, you can get it at TampaBay.com slash newsletters. That's probably the easiest way. But it's like an extra, like a bonus column. It's very conversational. I say it's kind of like my live journal from when I was 17. So yes. we're talking generational stuff it. here. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I know, right? <laughs> I just kind of talk about what's going on in my life or write, you know, a little something extra for readers so that they can get extra content. And then I'll link up everything I wrote from the week and that goes out. Cool. So that's my job. Um, and it keeps me very busy and it's so much yeah. fun. I love it. Um, and then in my spare time, I'm writing fiction yes. um, whenever I can. I wrote a book. Um, God, it's almost been a decade. A novel. It's called Obituary. Yeah. Um, with a B- B-I-T-C-H Bitch. in yeah. the middle. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you can still get it. Uh, it's about an obit writer who accidentally killed her date and then had to write his obit. Yeah. It's a little mystery. Because you were like a really good feature obit writer. Yeah, that was my at job the at the time. So yeah. that kind of inspired it. Yeah. Um, and then I, I went into editing for a while. So I got off the writing track. And that really like, uh, it was really cool in a lot of different ways. And I, I loved elements of that as well but it my writing kind of fell to the side during that era because yeah. it's a very busy job and um I just wasn't creative at that time you know so getting mm-hmm. back to writing about oh, a little over two years ago really sort of reignited my muscle for writing so and you have to if you're a writer you have to you write. have to write you have to write, you have to write. Yeah. one way it or another it sounds obvious but it's always not you know <laughs> so um just writing uh, week in week out just sort of got that going again. So I started writing fiction again. I have a short story collection that um, is out for submission right now. My agents, you know, oh, submitting cool. it to publishers. Nice. It's horrible. Like the book's not horrible. The process is horrible. Yeah. I hope the book's not horrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like, it's the most twisted hobby. Like writing a book and trying to break into publishing is like, if you don't like absolutely feel like you have to do this or don't like, do it to yourself. Yeah, it's so messed up. Yeah. I mean, it's just so much rejection and so much, you know, um, waiting, like things move at a snail's pace, you know, and it takes, all, it's just, um, and then, uh, you know, you're pretty much braced for the worst at all times. It's, you know, it's hard to break in and it's like, it's not like you're rejected from something that took 
a day or two. Like it's a Six you wrote years. a book. Yeah, you know? this is from you. Yeah. The first book was self published, right? It was it was what's called a hybrid okay. um, publication. So okay. I was represented by a literary agent. We went out and did this horrible process, and it didn't sell. And it was frustrating because, and this is a lot of publishing is like timing or just a vibe, you know, yeah, kind of, yeah. it's very subjective. And at the time that kind of book really wasn't the the thing, you know, it wasn't yeah. it. Um, and all the publishers were like, we liked it. We just don't think that this is what's selling right now. You know, the there balls. wasn't anything like restart over, you know, it was good. So um, my agency at the time was uh, helping authors in kind of in that gray area, publish their books. And so basically I worked with my agency to, do like the all the difficult you know back end stuff the formatting and the editing and like you know and, and I still yeah and so then I was able to stay their client and um you know do other things like I've had recently I've had some interest in that book from like production companies and stuff I'm telling cool. you yeah it's, so, a fun, it's a fun story I don't know if that'll ever ha- I mean most like all my dreams are very low-key like oh it'll never nothing will ever happen you know <laughs> and I think that's nothing. the safest way to be <laughs> I can so, relate to that yeah you know that's where I'm at but right, weirdly so you- enough I can't relate to this so much obviously from like a book thing but from online dating it does seem very much <laughs> the same so yeah oh I totally get nothing it. will happen at all from no, any of this I just work have expect catastrophe and rejection and then eventually maybe the timing and the vibe will be right and Mm -hmm. then something will end i don't do that either i do everything really long time so i was in a really long relationship (laughs) and then that ended and then i got married like i was like i think i dated like one guy in between a long time i was like nah i don't want to do this like i hear from people like you (laughs) that doesn't sound fun Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. So you got the new short story being yeah. shopped around. Short yeah, yeah. stories being Collection, shopped yep. around right now. Yeah. And I'm working on a, another novel because they say while you're on submission, the best thing to do is work keep on something going. else. Yeah. Oh you my know. gosh. That's so. good though. Just keep yeah. it going. It's so much fun though. I just, I mean, I wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun. So. So like before we forget, like where can people find, I guess the first book and then like where can they find you? Yeah. My first book's on Amazon. You can okay. get it there. Um, And then you can find me like wherever. I'm on Instagram. Um, <laughs> as Steph R. Hayes is my handle twitter i use a lot yeah um facebook i mostly keep for my family yeah that's private um but the other two are wide open i haven't done tiktok yet i'm scared i think i'm too old so we haven't even talked about i'm a I'm a zenial. We're gonna get book, into that. We, we are. Okay. Don't you worry. Okay, okay, good. Book talk is uh, is a thing though. So I know. Well, I know. and I was just thinking about this today. I'm like, if I do have any success with any of these side projects, I'll probably have to do a book you will. talk. Yeah, you, you know? absolutely. Will. I have no idea what that is, but I'm I have assuming um, it's books on TikTok and people yeah. talking about them. Yeah, kind well, of. Yeah. Kind of. Oh, I have a friend who's um kind of in that same sort of publishing world yeah. and she's always like I have to be making content or else like no one will even sign me as an agent at this point like you just have right. to be have to somebody be to have a platform yeah platform exactly I don't know oh, my husband geez. said I'm too old but maybe he's wrong I, I think like no you know what uh, my dad's on TikTok and oh, really? he is <laughs> last week's guest really the drop the link <laughs> um, yeah he is on TikTok and Love he's like that. 60 something oh good for him so yeah. it's not too late okay yeah you've got plenty yeah, of time but yeah. so Okay, I feel like this is the perfect. I, I'm very happy you're here, right? Because you know books. Mm-hmm. We like to read. Elizabeth is a voracious reader. Awesome. She talks about reading three books at a time. I I just have a problem. Yeah, I no, just have a problem. problem. And like 
Well, it is a problem when you look at your life and you go like, why am I in three book clubs? Is that necessary? She loves is the that book. Ne- that's is a that big needed? commitment, three book clubs. I'm in one and it's like, you know, that's well, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> Too yeah. Too much pressure for me. It's a lot. I don't like the book club. <laughs> but. I like the book clubs. It depends. Like, I'll still go even if, I, you know, we're very lax and one of them, like, you know, life gets in the way. You can't always yeah, finish the book, but sure. please come and please try. So I do. That's what I do. So it's summertime. Mm-hmm. We're been, like, I went to the beach for the first time. Like, well, not for the first time for, for this season, yeah, the yeah. summer season. I went this weekend. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm reading like a lot of finance books right now. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm, I'm feeling old and like, I want to make sure the money is doing what okay. it's supposed oh, to do. Oh, I don't yeah. know why I'm I know doing this. this. I'm going crazy with these finance books. But anyway, um, I'm like, Summer reading, like we need to know, like what's a good book to read, like what are what what's out there. But me and Elizabeth were talking, and we were like, you know what, like what if we talked about the books that were like that changed your life? Mm-hmm. This is very heavy. This 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 topic here. I know Nicole at first was like <laughs> summer reading, and I was like, cool, sexy pool reads, no prob. No, you know I read a lot too, and it runs the gamut. But then she's like, actually, I think we're going to talk about books that changed our lives. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and yeah. so, were you not trying to cry today? I know. <laughs> Weird. Like, sit in the car for an hour yeah, afterwards. Yeah, like, just really feeling my feelings. I want us to, like, we like everybody relax. It doesn't have to be that serious. Yeah. It's just, like, books that stood out, right? For sure. As a time in your life, like, something you read, you remember, it stayed with you. So that's what we're talking about today. So we're going to do a millennial. Wait. Nope. Why do I always that's try me. to steal your thing? I don't know. That's do a great a question. X, we're going to do a Gen X file on the books that change your life. Perfect. And then, like Nicole mentioned, we will play a fun little game to figure out where you really do stand. Okay. And, um, I blew it. I'm I, sorry. I really, no, no, you did not. <laughs> okay. Um, it was, think of it as promo. Okay. Um, and then I think we do have a review. I think I never do read we? this. I think we read this, you and I. But I never read it on the show, so we'll read that later today. Leaving things. All right, let's get into it. Cool. So we are talking about the books that that changed your life, Mm -hmm. and we're gonna just do like kind of a round robin, just just taking turns, right? How many did you guys bring? I bought four. I brought Sorry. three. I was I told have, no more than three. Okay, I have three and so a possible pick, four. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Pick one. I have three. <laughs> okay. I have perfect. three. I mean, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it how Okay. It goes. One okay. is allowed to be yours if that's where you're going. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I guess like it changed that. my life in some ways, <laughs> but that's not really the game. No, that's she's a Gen Xer, I think. Yeah. No, I was just messing around. <laughs> Relax. So I'm gonna go I'll I'll start, right? Go ahead. Because I woke up I, I was had a lot of I was deliberating a lot about this, like which which books, which books. And so, I mean, I decided I would go with my favorite author first and also a book that um, I read. When did I read this book first? I probably was in high school, I think. Is it Stacey Abrams book? <sighs> no. You just got to look. Zane. <laughs> <laughs> Stacey Abrams is Zane. These are the fun things that people don't get to see is the faces I get. Stacey Abrams is Zane. Anyway, (laughs) no, my favorite author of all times is Zora Neale Hurston. Okay. She is a a Floridian, actually. she is. And um, aside from her work as an author, I just find her life to be very interesting, especially as a black woman in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. The type of life she lived... Um, I was very inspired by her when I when I discovered her because she wasn't like Maya Angelou and like 
I don't know. Sort of, I don't want to. Maya Angelou is not a victim at all, right? She has a very interesting life, but like there was a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. You know, Burge kid or yeah, the cage Cage bird. bird. She wasn't like Toni Morrison. It wasn't as heavy. Zora Neale Hurston was more about like I'm a woman. I'm 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 dealing with men. Like I'm interested in history. Like I like my roots. Like I love who I am. Right. And so the book, their eyes were watching God. Um, oh, I've read that book. Yeah, is is probably one of my favorite books. And again, um, so the the story is about Janie. That's the main character. She's actually from Florida. I think she is from Eatonville, which is where Zora Neale Hurston is originally from. Um, and and she is um, born into a family that I. This has been a long time, but basically. They're not the poorest, but they're not the most well-to-do. So Janie ends up getting married off fairly early in her life to, like, a guy who's very wealthy. But then she has no love. She doesn't are love you, him. Um, I just, are you going to, like, uh, spoil it? No, I'm not. Okay, I'm okay. not. I'm just curious. take too long. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, anyway, long <laughs> story short, she gets married off to this guy. She's not really feeling him. She leaves him. She finds another guy. Apparently, she's quite attractive, I think, and probably charismatic because she can get a husband, right? Mm -hmm. And so then the next guy dies, and then she finally is like, you know what? I'm done with this. Like, I'm going to just, like, get with somebody who I really like. So she gets with this guy named Tea Cake, okay? (laughs) And she persists to go off in this sort of adventure down to the Everglades where she discovers, you know, her womanism. She discovers her ownness. She discovers that, like, there's more to relationships than hypergamy, which is, you know, marrying someone so you can do better in life. Mm -hmm. It could be about love. It can be about sexual attraction. It can be about those things. And so it's really kind of like a feminism story to me, Um, but not one that you see told through the lens of a black woman during that time. Sure. And so long story short, um, there's this big hurricane, which really did happen. Mm-hmm. In the late 20s. And Zora Neale Hurston um, sort of weaves that into the story. I also like the fact that she weaves other hist- real historical context into the story. Lots of culture of the people who lived in Florida of that time. And so it's sort of like it feels almost like it's nonfiction, but it's fiction because she uses a lot of real stuff. It's like historical fiction. It's historical fiction, which I really, really like a lot. And I love um, the fact. Well, I don't love the fact, but let's just say it ends pretty violently to some degree um, as a result of the hurricane. And then Janie ends up moving back to her hometown pretty well off, right? In terms of finances and also in terms of self-discovery. And so um, Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston is a book that changed me because it let me know that like there's more than one way to be as a woman. And when did you read that? I think I might have been... Not yet in college. Okay, yeah, I read it in high school. Yeah, I think I might have been it towards the end of high school. Yeah, like I feel like I was working at like Blockbuster Music. Okay, and, like oh on my God. Blockbuster break. Music. Hey, it was what? the time. Pray you don't tell. Even know okay, I used to work at Fye Music. <laughs> so. No, I know Fye and I know Blockbuster. But there Blockbuster was a, Music. There was a Blockbuster Music. I remember okay. Blockbuster Music. Okay. Do okay. you know? Do you Am remember what you? made it special? I'm sorry. No, you're good. Do you remember what made it special? No. Music. 
you could actually listen to the CDs. Oh, we had, oh, a, we had a listening bar and That's we right. would actually open the CD <laughs> and put it in and you could listen to it. And then I learned how oh, to like wow. reseal CDs. Oh, yeah. And put them away. And the thing with the plastic, yes, the giant plastic yes, case. Yes, the roots came. Oh, cool. We used to have in-store performances. Okay. Mm. It was a cool job. But anyway, I feel like I was reading this book like on my lunch break or like sitting, you know, waiting for my mom to come pick me up. Like that was the book I was reading. Gotcha. So it was a very special time for me as okay. well as book. So that's my first one. Love it. Good choice. Who wants to go next? Shall I? Yes. Okay. Please, yes. please I should let you go first. Yeah, I was thinking. Guess. No way. Being rude. <laughs> this is your topic. Okay. You got to get Mine are going to get weird. So, so like, well, I, mine, yeah. yeah, I know. I'm trying to think of which one to start with because it seems really stupid to say this next one after no. that. But well, mine are not as serious. Okay, Stephanie, forward. when my, I say mine get weird. I'm so excited. For this. <laughs> I love, it I love yeah, weird. Yeah, okay. she already heard one. So <laughs> I'm going to just start. I'm going to just say I will defend this. It. I will defend this choice. I'll die, I'll die on the hill. Bridget Jones Diary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry. I like that. I, so go ahead, but I'm you. concerned. She's really concerned. Her, she's upset. See? I'm a bit upset. Okay. See? Formative years for me. We're talking about the same like college era. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I read that book. I don't know, ten times probably. Really? Yeah. It spoke to you. And I know that that this book really can't. It's by Helen Fielding. It's British. It's written. If you haven't read it, it's written as a diary. Um, of Bridget Jones. Yes, that's probably <laughs> pretty obvious. I know, crazy, <laughs> unbelievable. Um, it's it's it probably couldn't happen today because it's very like. Not I mean, PC. it's not PC. She's got a lot of you know internalized fat phobia, and it's all about like her trying to lose weight and find a boyfriend. And like, these are man validity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has a lot of problems to that end. But at the time I read it, it really I felt like it kind of opened my eyes to this self-deprecating style of writing if you've read the book it's very funny i mean people have seen the movies but like the book is hysterical and the writing is is great and bridget really just like you really feel like you're reading somebody's diary, diary yeah. and you're hearing their like their bad thoughts about themselves and she had a lot she had a lot and it's all about <laughs> counting her weight and how much alcohol she had the night before and like you know all this stuff but I don't know. It kind of it it really influenced me in a way that um, as a writer that like it's okay to talk about yourself and in a way that's not completely flattering. I mean, now everything is filtered and we present our perfect selves to the world and stuff. And like there was something very liberating about being like, I want to write about my ugly underwear and the state that went horrible and how I feel like I'm not good enough and how my parents are driving me insane and like, you know, whatever, all the different things in it. I just loved it. I read it like four or five times. And then also speaking of Blockbuster, when I was in college, for the first well let's see i had just moved into an apartment at usf mm -hmm. and i didn't have cable so all i had was a 12 inch tv vcr combo you were and playing that I movie. Had two, <laughs> two tapes from blockbuster you know you could buy the ones on the yeah, clearance rack yeah. and it was bridget jones diary and my best friend's wedding which is very like embarrassing white girl selection but here we are <laughs> and i would just watch them over, over like to over. fall asleep you just put them on you know mm -hmm. so it has a special place in my heart i know a lot of people hate it but you know i'll chain myself to the tree for it <laughs> that's fair you, yeah you've convinced me to back off because i i <laughs> no, don't go full throttle no, like I you mean, do I, me <laughs> I did, I, I did, I had nothing to say about your book i like your book um yeah i'm not a fan of bridget jones it's i, I don't know it's just a lot and then also like 
I think it'll make more sense when I talk about my second book, mm-hmm. but it's like, so I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't want to like, like I don't want to bury the lead. No, I no, like that's it. okay. I, I mean, like, like I said, it, you know, she was a mess and it's like, it was a moment. I don't I know don't... that we see enough of messes, even down to like the mm-hmm. mess where you're like, girl, stop. Why are you like yeah. going so yeah. hard for this man? But that's what people do. It's well, a conversation in publishing right now because everyone is afraid to say the wrong thing all the time. And so we're getting a lot of really unflawed leading characters and, you know, Mary Sue's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's it's a fictional character and they're allowed to do and say and think bad things, you know, like and real people, like real people. It was yeah. that perspective where you got me back on your side because okay. like the general story and everything. I'm like, <sighs> yeah, I mean, no, but it's a silly story. You're right. I mean, I do think that we need more of that because I know that even like what you just said is completely true. I've read so many books where the character is just like so unproblematic to the <laughs> point of being just boring. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you can't have like passive characters. They're just not interesting. You need characters that are doing things, yeah. even if they're the wrong things. Right. Like, you're allowed to learn a lesson in, in a book. You can't in real life. <laughs> you will get canceled. But here you should be able to learn a lesson and be better by the end. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like too, I mean, and this is like, as you can see, I'm getting into book club mode, but like part of a book that I really enjoy is character development. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a character with a problem, or a flaw, what do you develop? What are right. you developing? There's Where's your no, bruise on the apple, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And, and like a good story is a good story. A plot is great. But really, I mean, I've always felt, and this is not like a hot take, that it's the characters that drive yeah. a story. Yeah. And For so sure. you can have the most boring plot, but really interesting people doing it. And you're like, oh, wow, this is so cool. Yeah. Well, and I will say I will not die on the hill for the other books and movies. <laughs> like it's the first one for me. You the know, first oh, one. Okay, okay. They, go, they go off the rails. Like she goes to a Thai prison and oh, she yeah, like, no, got no. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, stop. It, it got really weird. Um, yeah. And then they killed Mr. Darcy in the final one. Right. And like, you know, I the remember, first one, though, it's the first one for me. It's the purity. And it's, it wasn't supposed to be a huge hit, you know, and things yeah. kind of t- take on a life of their own um but yeah all about that yeah so okay okay so my first one like i said as promised well let's see if you how think weird you think this is okay so let me take you back to sixth grade the year is 2006 2006 i I am sitting at the paper (laughs) same okay i was saying my last name um is at the front of the alphabet and so i was sitting at the front of the class in front of me was a bookshelf and then i would always see this book and it scared me but eventually, you know how you're just like staring a book down and like, am I going to read you? I don't know. Are we going to do this? Are we not going to do this? And then I was like, We're, let's just do this. <laughs> so I read the book. It's okay. like dating. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, the book is called Stone Words. OK, I don't know it. Uh, no one does. OK, mm-hmm. OK. I couldn't even remember the title of this book. I had to look it up and to and go on Goodreads to find other people also like vaguely describing the plot and trying to figure it out so basically Mm -hmm. this girl when she's like five to eight moves to a farmhouse with her grandparents because i think her parents are dead it's been like years clearly like 20 years since i read this book but um she moves in and has this friend who also lives there and she becomes friends with this little girl who's also there but like slowly you start to realize that something's kind of weird about this little girl like something doesn't add up like you know and she's getting more like possessive and like kind of creepy and scary yeah she's dead Mm -hmm. 
she everyone thinks it's an imaginary friend. It's Oof. not. It's a ghost that's haunting her. Love that. Love horror. And she for can, children. For love children. Horror. I especially love like, horror for children. Yeah. <laughs> and she can travel. So there's a staircase like at the back of the house where like the grandmother's always like, don't use from what I recall, don't use the staircase is like very unsafe. But the staircase is like kind of what connects the past and the present. Mm -hmm. And so always. when they're on the staircase, the ghost can show her memories of things that happened. Mm -hmm. And like clearly something bad happened mm -hmm. to the ghost. And if I remember correctly, at some point, the ghost is trying to possess her so that she can live again take over her life love that for her yeah it was a creepy ass book i love that and it and <laughs> i'm not creepy I'm like, it. <laughs> i have a horror book to talk about oh, okay, so i'm great. into it yeah and um i just think about it every so often because um there was i was thinking about like where the red fern grows was the first book that i like cried mm -hmm. during when i was young but then at the same time i'm like this book i don't know the name of this book i don't know what disturbed mind wrote it but like it creeped me the fuck out. It's like, it was, you all these years. Bro, I just remember the staircase. She like runs down the staircase at one point and she's like trying to get back to the present, but she can't. And the ghost doesn't want her to go back to the present. And it's very scary. I think you should get a copy of it and reread it. I think that would I be I wonder it. if you would and be then I would be like, yeah. yeah, maybe I'd be Let's like, oh, this is think. nothing. Or suddenly, because I have stairs in my house, suddenly I'm being haunted. Right. It could open <laughs> up a portal to hell. Right. We so, don't know. Like, why was I so drawn to this maybe book? Don't find maybe it. We don't. need to be careful. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's power here. We, we want don't you to come back. So. so that was young. Young me Good. was very scared of, like, just had a lot of conflict just emotions mm -hmm. about and you this. think about this book still clearly, clearly. <laughs> she lies awake how could i not <laughs> kind of like binuncula <laughs> i don't know why that book stays with me i'm not gonna talk about okay. that one but it's i'm like mm, mm -mm. i don't like mm -mm. i don't like binuncula um is it me again yeah yeah you know what? I don't know if should we go in order of like when we read it or does it matter? I that's just how I'm doing it. You oh. don't have to do it that way necessarily. I don't know. I'm more random, I think. Okay. Um yeah, I'm going to go out of order a little bit cuz it's funny like um this book I still recommend to people even though it's kind of lost some of its luster, but it's there's things from this book that I still think about to this day. It's a nonfiction book. It is, um, it's Lean In oh. by Sheryl Sandberg. Another controversial her. choice. I know. Yes. Um, I read this book after I left the newspaper mm -hmm. when I was, I think I was laid, like I had got another job mm -hmm. online and then I was laid off. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, just thinking about like what had happened in like a span of like a year, like a year yeah. and a half. And I'm like, what the hell? Like what, how do I think about all of this. And my son was like still really, really young. He was like, I don't think he was in school yet. And um, it was like the first time I had heard someone say that you cannot have it all. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Sheryl Sandberg, who at the time I think was like a very high up at Facebook. Right. I think she went on to like work at Google and maybe some other places. And she's written another book, like Lean In for Graduates. She's gone on, but this was her first book. And so, yeah, she was the first person that said, you can't have it all. You have to make a choice about what's right for you and what you really want, right? And so I think up until that point, I was sort of thinking like, I need to be able to have this like very successful journalism career. I also need to be like very successful as a mother and a wife. And I also need to be like very successful. It's just like Nicole and being fabulous. Mm -hmm. and, da, da, da. and it was like, you can't do all of this at the same time at full tilt. Mm -hmm. 
like there's ebbs and flows to it and that's okay she also was like very um it was really interesting how she talked about the psychology of women and men being raised and like men are taught you know of course we all know this but to hear it to see it in the words was very strong for me like they can be mean they can be assertive they can like those are values that are thought of highly for men women are always taught to be light Mm -hmm. and it was like something that was like a a aha moment for me because i did i mean i'd like to be light but it's not the most important thing for me Mm -hmm. and so it was always like you know you're not really nice you're not nice enough you're not like sweet enough or whatever and i'm like i that doesn't feel natural what i would prefer to be is good at my job and what i do you don't have to like me you don't have to love me you know you can respect me and like there's certain people who do like me and we get along but everybody doesn't have to like me and she said that she's like you don't have to be liked everywhere you go and that was like very powerful for me um she also talked about the economics of having a child and how it does affect your long-term earning mm-hmm. potential yeah because it takes you out of the game and, right. it, and it affects you off things. The track. right and so people are always like you know it's not fair it's not fair it's not fair but this is the way it works and so it just helped me kind of set up the next eight years of my life in a way that I could like feel okay about without having trying to do it like I had done it the previous you know five years. It's an interesting choice because I read it too. You did? At that same time, a friend of mine had gotten a promotion and she had read it and then passed it on to me. Mm -hmm. It was kind of the thing at the time to like give it to another woman, you know? And I really, I felt the same. I resonated with it a lot and I thought I took a lot of good lessons from it. I mean, especially because she's just like, you know, sit at the table and I I look around meetings that I'm in and there's women sitting on the wall, you know? I know. So there were really good takeaways from it. I went to a, a, a development thing for women a couple years back you know, fast forward mm-hmm. a few years yeah. later and one of the instructors kept talking about lean in and there was some hesitancy in the room because a lot of the younger women were like, you know, the they were sort of rejecting this idea that the onus is on you and they're looking more at like structural systems, the structural you know, that need to be made. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I kind of see both sides of it and I like kind of like we were just talking about with the, the fictional character. It's like there's it's possible to take. The, the two things can be true at once, you of know, course. you know, so um, I think it's like it's a really important cultural book. And, you know, wherever it ends up, whatever its legacy ends up being, like, it's I think so important. it I do think it helped a lot of women at that time. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that that takeaway of not being able to have it all, but making the yeah. choice about what you want and being able to change your mind as you go. That was enough for me to feel to feel like it 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 is important mm-hmm. in the whole, you know, just in all the literature of like, you know, women empowerment in the workplace. I mean, she did get a lot of backlash because also in addition to what you're saying, people were saying like, okay, but she is a white woman in America with like a very good education, a partner that is willing to help, which was a whole chat, a couple Mm -hmm. chapters in the book about like, making the partner do mm-hmm. what he needs to do so that you can also be successful. And he died after he her died book came out, didn't he? treadmill accident. Yeah, <laughs> which added another layer to the discussion. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yes. A freak treadmill yeah. accident. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that dies on the so, treadmill. Okay, okay. Was it a heart he, he or did he fall off? and oh. hit his head or something. Holy oh, whoops. I didn't realize. God. Okay. Yeah, which, I mean, made me scared of treadmills. Yeah, what? I was scared of them. Lord. Yeah. He died, so then she became a widow, and it was like, oh, but... 
that book, you know, I tell people like read it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because for all the controversy about what you're saying and the fact that they're like, you know, you're privileged, there are really good lessons in there, and it can make you more confident. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I yeah yeah I it's a good talker. That's one of mine. Yeah, I like that's that's a book that really affected me. I might have to read it. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. It's worth reading. Yeah, lean in. I don't usually do. I I guess that wouldn't be in the self-help technically but I, I typically don't i stay away from those yeah not for any reason other than like i just get preference. bored and i don't this one has good actual stories of her life and some practical advice i find i find a lot of self-help stuff to be very empty like full of platitudes yeah you know exactly. i like think self-love. i think leaning is very like, like specific yeah, yeah. yeah like i am a self-help reader but it has to be someone that i can resonate with or that i respect yeah. and like has some tangible yeah. things they did not just like Self-love and yeah. take a bubble bath. Like, no, what did you <laughs> right. do? What, what did no, this help more you? bubble bath. Yeah, what does it help you do? Wait, hold on. I can't, I cannot support this dance. I love a bubble bath. <laughs> I, I do too. too. I, I always think that I'm going to like it more. And then when I'm in there for like 10 minutes, I'm kind of like, now what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to have your book. I know you got to have your book, but, but then it gets wet. It gets, it yeah, does. It's so, it's so hard. <laughs> I have my phone. Do you guys bring your phone in the bubble bath? At first, but then once you go in, all that, like, once you go under. You put a towel at You the put side, a towel and then so you can dry off your I need to practice. Yeah. You gotta have a bubble bath set up. You're looking at a person who like will try to read in the shower. Oh my god! I just can't stop. No, it's a it's a problem. No, I don't let. I mean, uh, those are the only things I'll do self help with. If I can hear someone like it, because it's more podcast, I guess. But I just don't want to read. It just doesn't resonate with me when I'm reading it. Oh, so quick plug for something I just recently wrote is. That was my leg. <laughs> Sorry. Like, we're in like a nice cozy room. Um, I recently wrote a column about like how to be a better reader and some tips Ooh. that I've like uncovered and I don't need to go through them all here. But um, I just talked about like times a day and like, um, I don't know, just things that have helped me. I do audiobooks on walks and driving and that's pretty much it. I, I can't like focus. this article. This is yeah. a good one. Yeah. So if you guys want some of my reading tips, it's there. I okay. might need that because the reason I'm in one book club is mm-hmm. because a friend of mine just can't read mm-hmm. like she just she can yeah she has the ability she's to she's literate. she is literate but um she just cannot she just can't get there she yeah can't focus. and yeah I, I guess it's that and just you have to find what works for you but i was i told her i'm like you probably aren't reading things that you want to keep reading yes i did say that i yeah. said let it go if you're not liking it life's you too short you know yeah. we're gonna be on this rock one time like put the book aside if you don't like it yeah and she sent me a book which she finally ended up finishing the book she had been trying to read for like six months mm-hmm. because we were gonna start this book for this book club oh, and she months. shows it to, yeah and she shows it to me and it's like it is a self-help kind of book. And I'm like, well, you might not be one of those readers. Yeah, like yeah, that yeah. might not be for you. Yeah, you know, don't don't read it because someone told you you have to. If you don't like it, it don't a read lot it. Of pressure in that department. So I much feel pressure. Though. Like you haven't read platitudes or yeah, whatever right. it is. Like you haven't read this. Mm-hmm. Colleen Hoover is big right now. And I've read, I've read, I have to read that. Do you like her? I read I one Colleen Hoover book. I do like her a lot. She's represented by my agency. I like, I don't know her, but you don't have to say No, 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 it's okay. I'm like, I feel like, you know, I don't know her at all, but I'm like, I'm I'm in like some internet in spaces. Um, Kevin Bacon, right? I, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I find her very interesting. I read an interview with her where she talks about um, how she makes her decisions. And she's like, every single decision I make is like, what's going to cause me the least stress? I so sometimes it. she just won't even take a book contract. She'll just self-publish because it feels easier to her. Or like, That's you know, I love, that's like, as a person, yeah. I've only read one of her books. I read Verity and it is like, woo, there's a lot of 
There's a lot of peeing in it. Oh, <laughs> there's Lord. like there's murder and sex mm. and a lot of it. Mm. Graphic, graphic, really? graphic. Personally, yeah. graphic. personally, not a fan. Yeah. I have it's not. I'm not. I don't know her. But so. she's very really big. I feel like, like I can't like, look at a book read. list you without seeing her right her. now. Yeah. I mean, if she, if you like her, then like her. But yeah, that's what. It, like, read whatever yeah. gets you going, and also like take your time if you need it. You know, not everyone has to read three books a month. Like, you know, you could yeah, read. Elizabeth. You could read one book over six months. Well, um, yeah. I might wow. read like four books this month, and the next month I don't read anything. Yeah, it just I also yeah. think about it's like what's going on in your life, or yeah. do you think you pretty much keep reading despite what's going on in your life? Um. I in these past two years of pandemic life, I've sort of fallen into a reading habit where like I'm home more and I read in the mornings and, yeah. you know, so uh, it's it's an escape for me. Um, but I mean, yeah, absolutely. If you know, I'll cast it aside. I'll have dry months where I don't read. Yeah. I'll read. I read um, the love songs of W.E.B. Dubois mm -hmm. and it's 800 pages. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. And I, so that's all I read for two months, you know, and that was tough because that's yeah, all about months. like. I was thinking that would take six months. So big. And heavy, it's fabulous. It's, it's fantastic. But it's a heavy read and it's all about like, you know, institutional yeah. like slavery and well, yeah. generational abuse. And so mm -hmm. I was like, like, I can't. So after that, I was like, I need something very stupid. <laughs> like, I know. I, was, I almost picked all over, but the stomping. Mm. I almost picked that. Yeah. That's the title, right? I don't Rick know. Rick Oh, all over about the shouting. All over about the shouting. Yeah, I, say Frank, yeah. I almost picked that, but I was like, no, I don't <laughs> want to go down that road. All right, I'm going to do anyway, my book. You go. Okay. <laughs> so you talked about horror. I love horror. I watch horror movies constantly. I like to read spooky books. Perfect. Love, love, love. So if you're a horror fan, you probably know Shirley Jackson. Yes. I have her book here in front of me. Shirley Jackson, if, if you guys don't know, um, was a writer in the 40s and 50s. She mm. died in the 60s. She was one of the earliest horror writers, women, female horror writers. And her the book I have here um, is the one book I could put my hands on as I was running out the door. <laughs> it's a Dark Tales. It's a short story collection. You might know her more from... Um, She's Haunting of Hill House, The Haunting right? of Hill House. Oh, that's yes. her. Okay. Um, the Haunting of Hill House is Very well also written. good. Um, if you watch the miniseries on Netflix... They're good in different ways, right? Well, they're completely different. They're the very different. They're so good. different. I didn't like the... Bly Manor. No, yeah, they, I didn't yeah. like that one. My argument, not to interrupt, but uh, Haunting of Hill House is a horror. Bly Manor is a tragic love story. Okay. Yeah, maybe they're, that's why. They're not. I, I it's not, it's not really it horror. It starts getting yeah. too much into a love story. Yeah, that's what it is. The Netflix series is loosely based on Haunting right. of Hill House, her, okay. her novel. Um, it's a great novel, and there's like low-key like queer stuff in it for the 1950s you know like yeah, if you read yeah, it, I, guess yeah. which, so I think that's really cool but um my favorite is this short story collection dark tales um i think she's best as a short story writer she became famous in 1945 when she wrote this story very famous story called the lottery and it ran in the new yorker and you can google it right now and read it it's very short it's a it's like a dystopian story of this um community who's all and it starts out very sunny and they're getting excited for and sorry to spoil this but it came out in 1945 yeah. so <laughs> spoiler, spoiler alert spoiler alert over i feel like yeah you could have read it um but they're all getting ready for this event and everyone's in town and they're they're gonna draw a name and you don't know what the story at the beginning of the story who the name is gonna like what the what action the is yeah, yeah what it's gonna What's be the point? so everyone's all stoked 
Well, it goes on, and eventually you figure out that they're they have this this community has a ritual where they pick one person to stone to death every I knew year. You were and, oh, and it's so <laughs> like the ending is just like ah. Oh. And people <sighs> in 1945 when it ran were shook. They were like they didn't know if it was real or not because of the way it's written. It feels so real. It felt like a reported story. They were like worried that, that this was like really yeah. happening well, somewhere. Like war it was outcry, right? Yeah, it had yeah. a war of the worlds effect. I love it. Outcry and the story is fantastic. So she so this. The lottery is not in Dark Tales, um, but if you want like a quick primer on her, look up the lottery. Dark Tales is a collection of her other short stories. She has many more that aren't in here, too. Um, and the thing about Shirley Jackson is she doesn't need to write anything supernatural. She writes domestic horror. That's the term for it. So most of her stories are grounded I, and there's ghosts and Hill House yeah, and stuff. But yeah. the stories in this book are grounded in reality, which is scarier yes, than anything. Exactly. And she wrote from the point of view of like wives of the 40s and 50s. Right. Scary times. Scary times. So there's one in here where like the honey moon of mrs smith um the woman she 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 marries a serial killer so she's and you think she's getting ready to go on her honeymoon you don't know that that at the beginning you think okay. she, it, it kind of sets her up getting stuff to go on her honeymoon and all the people in town going like she married this guy you know and then <laughs> basically the end is like she's getting ready to die and she knows it because she's going to be next you know like that's the Whoa. end of it there's another one where she um just the whole story is her thinking about hitting her husband on the head with an ashtray. It's just like what's she going through. She dislikes him already. She's just, she's standing. No, different story. Oh, she's different one. Different story. Yeah. on the serial killer. I know. <laughs> she's just standing over this husband and it's like, she just, you know, have you ever been overcome with the urge to just like do something real dark? Yeah. You know, she's like, I just want to no, smash me, him on never. the head. Never. never. And, and she have. does, you know, <laughs> and that's the whole story. And I'm like, oh, it's so good. That's great. And there's one more story in here called The Summer People, which is very famous, too. And it's about like her stories are very prescient, like to, to today. And this Summer People story is about people from out of town going to spend the summer at this quaint, like beachy area and like sort of fetishizing the working class coastal town and like. Mm -hmm not giving a shit about like the people in it, you know? Yeah. Being jerks. Yeah. And it's just like the, you know, I, it's, it's basically an Airbnb story. <laughs> I was going to say we do live in Florida. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, so anyway, I think she's just fantastic and inspires me all the time. So I like this. I'm going to have to look her up. Dark tales. Yeah, I really, Shirley so Jackson. I haven't read uh, the dark tale stories, but I did read haunting of Hill house. Mm -hmm. um, and I really liked it. It was mm -hmm. really good. I didn't know. Um, I think it was, I think I expected it to be more like the show because mm -hmm. I read, I read, or I saw the show first and then I read it for book club, yeah. um, afterwards cause we'd seen the show and, but it was good. I felt now correct me if I'm wrong cause it's been years, but, um, in haunting of Hill house, which is completely different from the show as mentioned, mm -hmm. it's like, you don't know if she's, you don't know if she's actually being haunted. Right. Right. Yeah. Like that's really the thing. Yeah. About how, and the ending too is everything's is really that's like always a device in I literature. Know. Like Did I happen? don't know if the person is really dead or we my husband and I ghost. get in this fight with one of our friends all the time because like Josh and I are very much like, oh, it didn't happen. This was an allegory for her depression or whatever. Yeah. Like every yeah. time we watch something right. and our yeah. other friend is like a total literalist. Like it's literally So we'll watch the same movies <laughs> and we'll be like, it didn't. Ha we'll text him like, oh, it didn't actually happen. And he gets so mad. <laughs> it's like, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. That, but that is like really is something that happens a lot in literature. Like, mm -hmm. is it a real thing? Yeah. Or? Well, and you see it in older movies too. There was that whole thing of like never showing the monster. Yeah. Yes. Mostly because they 
could not make a monster mm-hmm. <laughs> to put on screen. Yeah. But I think if you look at movies then and like movies now, that's why suspense works so much better then. So much scarier, because you yeah. don't see it and you're 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 questioning yourself the whole time. Like, what do I even believe? Is it do I believe this person who's narrating the story? Do I not? What am I seeing? What what's real? What's and not even real? When it is literal, it still has some. You know, it means something. It means something. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 For so. sure. So mine's going to be super basic. Oh, yay. My second one. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Yeah, and that's, it's just going to be what oh, it is. Good. It's basic Variety. and it's cliche. But I would be lying if I didn't accept that okay. this was a very important book to me. Okay. As much as I know that it's cliche and basic. Binocular. <laughs> Stop with the binocular. No, worse. Um, Pride and Prejudice oh, by Jane Austen. Uh, well, so um, in a recent episode about guilty pleasures, I discussed that I love romance novels. Mm-hmm. And I think that in a weird way, Pride and Prejudice. Why can you? Well, you, did, you didn't like Bridget Jones' diary. Well, I was going to say, you know. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm going to shut up. We're not going to attack you. Are you sure? Bridget Jones' diary is based on Pride and Prejudice. On Pride and Prejudice. It's the same story. I think that. I'm going to explain. Zip it. I'm going to keep explaining. Okay. So, yeah, I read Pride and Prejudice when I was maybe like, I believe I was 13. And it was just very different than anything I'd read. At first, I didn't. It was one of those ones where I was young and I thought, okay, this is a book that people read. I'm going to read it. And I did that with like a lot of books. I was like, okay, I'm going to read Frankenstein or, you know, whatever. That was mine. Like, (laughs) my grandmother's house over the summer, like, I need to read Canterbury Tales. I did Lord of the Rings and wanted to like shoot myself in the face. Yeah, not hard pass. Yeah, sorry, trigger warning. Um, That is how I feel. So I read Pride and Precious. I didn't expect to like it. Mm -hmm. And then I did like it. And I think it's just so. I think why I like the book is why everyone likes the book. Because I don't it, like it. You don't like it? I don't like Jane Austen times. I you don't like Jane Austen because you think I'm they're always really singing and of. they're not singing. I just <laughs> She's got this thing where she thinks Bridgerton's a musical. It is. I haven't watched Bridgerton. I can't speak it's to it. Not I can't watch it. It's not a musical. It's not a musical. Would it be better if it had songs? No. Okay. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nothing's going to save Bridgerton. Okay. But anyway, yeah. So, like, I really liked it. And I think what, I mean, what I like about it is, like, obviously, it's obvious. Is there's been millions of theses written on this and, and essays and everything. But it's just so relatable even now. So, this is actually the book that we've picked up for my book club for the friend who cannot read. Oh, okay. And, um... That's yeah, a, that's it's okay. I would just want to say like it's a lot to put Jane Austen on someone who has trouble focusing on both. Like, so <laughs> personally, it would not what my are we choice. Doing here? Personally, not my choice. I Let's got inebriated, and <laughs> they were in my library or in my office, and we're looking through all my books. And then they were like, "Have you read every single one of these books? Which one's your favorite?" So I started pulling down Poor my girl. favorites. She asked about it, and then she was like, "I want to read this if you it's like it so much." And I said, "I don't know if that's a good idea." And she said. You need to believe in me, and I said, "Okay, fine, I believe in you." Like, I don't know what you want from me, sure. So I've already like basically finished it. This is like my fortieth time reading it, but yeah, it's still the same. It's still it's just people sitting around talking shit, which is you love that. I this is all I do. (laughs) This is this is my life. It's like, oh, who was at the party, and what did you say? (laughs) Fuck him. Like that's it's like a Shonda Rhimes show Mm -hmm. in a book. Mm -hmm. It's it's. I think there's just something so like intrinsically classic about something that you can pick up and it was written in like 1787. Yeah. And you pick it up and you're like, and what did she say? Because people oh, have been no. talking shit from the yeah. beginning of time. They like, have. One of the That's first true. scenes. And is- they've been like mildly drunk the whole time. Exactly. <laughs> the water wasn't clean. <laughs> and they yeah. had. <laughs> 
And my friend was like, oh, kind of not flabbergasted, but just kind of like, all these people really do is talk shit. And I'm like, they had nothing else they to do. Had they had nothing. They, had they, they were like the landed gentry didn't have anything else to do. Right. Everybody else was in there. Right. They were coiling <laughs> exactly. until their fingers fell off. Right. Certain right. people were bored. Now the reason. Nothing. Yeah. So to get back to uh, the connection with Bridget Jones. Yeah. So uh, loving Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then hearing that Bridget Jones is an adaptation of that, mm-hmm. I was like, cool, I'll probably like it. Didn't like it. And then what started to piss me off, which is, you know, I should have expected maybe something a, a different, which is what you gave us a different perspective. Mm-hmm. But I have so many people that I know that think that it it's not an adaptation. And like, oh, yeah, then they see Pride and Prejudice and they're like, Oh, that's like Bridget Jones. I'm like, that's not. This is not how oh my it works. god! I mean, fair. So, and yeah, they're not. So, you know, it's like the Honey House. They're not apples to apples, whatever. No, you know? no, like, they're really parts not. Of it, you and know? like, it's almost like when I mean, at least like Clueless Emma is pretty true to Emma. Yeah, you know, so you can see it's. I mean, the characters are very like parallel. It is that one is it, very true. That one is very true to the adaptation. So if someone's like, oh, I wasn't aware of Emma. Like, they still have an understanding of, like, what, what it's about. Emma is about. Mm-hmm. But I feel like people will see Bridget Jones and be like, oh, I don't want to read Pride and Prejudice. I'm sure it's bad. Like, I didn't like the movie. And I'm like, that's not the movie. Like, that's so funny. That's you know not what? it. This is so illuminating because we all have our differences, but <laughs> we really like the same things. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Which true. way is it packaged, right? I know, we all right? just yeah. want to find For Colin sure. Firth. It's, the it's always Colin oh, Firth, no man, matter where you go. I Colin like Firth. Colin Firth. So I just recently watched a really good movie with him. And this isn't about movies. What did I watch though? I'm sorry. I'm it dovetails. It's oh okay. wait, I was watching the staircase. Bridget Jones Diary. Oh. Never mind. That's oh, the staircase. That's a different yeah, podcast. Let's, let's talk. We'll talk about that <laughs> another time. It was the owls. Oh no, it was the owls. Definitely the owls. Okay, the owls. That was such a weird one. Um. All right. I mean, I don't know, guys. You guys have all like these fun. Things and all of mine my are next like one's very gonna get like fun things fundamental to my. I had a girl get possessed. <laughs> oh, that's not that fun. This lady hit her husband with an ashtray <laughs> on the head. What are you talking about? We're just not that. She married a serial killer. Yes. <laughs> We're like, we having so much fun. Um, so this one is. I I feel like this one is cliche, but I really, I really, I actually go back to this book, and I think that I'm probably going to read this book with my son probably in a couple years and, and, and just have discussions about it, but it's the alchemist. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the alchemist, you know what? This book was given to me by a guy. Yeah. A man gave me this book. Is that odd? How many times has a man given you a book that you're dating or seeing? Oh, that I'm dating. Mm Mm-hmm. Like to okay, it doesn't happen that often. Yeah, I that's don't know. a thoughtful Maybe gift. more for you. Well, I'm married now, so yeah, like, I mean, me too. But I got like books for before, my birthday, but before no, not yeah, really. that's like a very mm-hmm. odd thing, right? It's well, a thoughtful I, gift. I, I don't know, whatever. You have to know somebody, like or like try to understand I their mind. It was presumptive, actually, because oh, I did okay. not really know this person that well, okay. and they gave me this book. I guess because like I'm just constantly trying to convince people to read things nobody gives you a book no no people do people give me books as well but i guess i just don't find it as like 
that strange. Okay. We could have a conversation for 15 minutes and I'll be like, you need to read this book. I Here, you. I have You're it. a book giver. I have it on my shelf. You can borrow yeah. it. Like, give it back. This yeah. person, I really, I mean, it was nothing serious. It was just like, we were just talking or whatever. Friends mainly. They gave me a book, The Alchemist. I still have it. Um, And I read it like really quickly. It's a short book. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of people know what it's about. It's basically, um, main character Santiago he lives in Spain he believes that like he has these treasures buried in Egypt he goes on a quest to find it very like cliche story but it's about the people he meets along the way um that give him sage advice as he moves along I read this book when I first moved here from Virginia when I first started working at the Times I was like out in the Palm Harbor Bureau Mm. um and it was like kind of a lonely time for me Mm -hmm. um I was sort of questioning my decision to move here because I lived off 19 and I was like, oh, <laughs> that's really not this right here. the best that we have to offer. <laughs> yeah. And like the lady who was like renting the apartment was like, uh, yeah, the tree rats around here are pretty crazy. And I'm like, a tree rat? What is a tree rat? It was a squirrel. Oh. I'm like, man, well, there, there are also rats squirrels. that will climb trees. <laughs> okay. Oh, anyway, it was a weird time. Anyway, I read The Alchemist um, and... You know, there was some lessons in it that I still kind of think about from time to time. And I will go back and I've read this book maybe like a few times. Whenever I sort of need like a reminder of some stuff, I go back and read this book. But the quotes in it are really what um, what stick with me. The writing style was also kind of poetic um, in, in in the the even the the way the book is formatted, the writing sort of looks like um, what are the poetry things called? Stanzas? Stanzas. Stanzas. Yeah. Um, it looks like a poetry book. Um, so a couple of the quotes that I still think about to this day is like every blessing ignored becomes a curse. Just about appreciating what mm-hmm. you have so that it doesn't become something that you that that haunts you basically or that you you lose. Um, it's the fear of suffering that's actually worse than the suffering. That's another quote in it that's like very. Mm always speaks to me and helps me when people I think are you know I've always been able to like talk people through some bad situations or worry the worry it's like why are you worrying worrying is worse than the thing that you're worrying about oftentimes you know what I mean and so that book um it, it has stayed with me all these years um that's all I have about that the alchemist by Paul Coelho it's a it's a good book that quote right that that last quote is so true I had a friend tell me she said it in a different way. Like whatever the outcome is going to be, it's going to be better once it's resolved, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Once it happens. Once it happens. Yeah. yeah. You just move through it. You know, worrying about suffering like the is build up is worse yes. than the actual suffering. Yeah. And, and, um, every blessing it nor becomes a curse. Appreciate what you have. Yeah. Okay. So that was it. Short and sweet. I'm going to lightning round my last two. Sure. Into one. Go and they could it. not be more different. I couldn't really pick. Well, this doesn't make sense. I could pick if I had to. Um, <laughs> okay. Pick. Okay. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, uh, the first book is Election. It's by Tom Parada. He's one of my favorite writers. Oh. And you might, some people might know this story from the movie. Remember in the 90s, MTV would make those little movies? Yes. And they made yes. one of Election with Reese yes. Witherspoon yes. and Matthew oh, Broderick. I've seen it, yeah. She I've plays Tracy that. Flick. Um, I picked that book off. I was probably a teenager, maybe, like end of high school. And I picked it up off a bargain table at Barnes & Noble. <laughs> it's kind of small and it looked, you know. 
And I just gobbled it up and it kind of like really set the tone for the type of fiction that I like, which is contemporary, um, rooted in real life, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think like my love of Shirley Jackson is kind of an extension of that that just takes it to an, another level. But I really like things that are I don't love a lot of historical stuff. I don't like map questy adventures like yeah. I like stuff about life Real. you know um so I love that book um and I like he he's also written little children he wrote the leftovers which was a popular leftovers. series yeah. yeah um he's written a ton of stuff so he's great and he has a new one out called oh shoot I'm gonna forget it's got Tracy Flick like it's a sequel to election that okay. I'm gonna buy soon okay <laughs> I'm excited it's a fun one um and then like to completely pivot I just wanted to mention Toni Morrison who you said at the beginning mentioned at the beginning um it's the bluest eye for me, for her. Um, so you're gonna yeah. say beloved? No, that book haunts me. That um, one is creepy. My so just to like brag on my fam, we're from <laughs> Lorain, Ohio, and my mom and her siblings grew up next door to the Morrison family. Oh wow! Yeah, oh, that's cool. So it's like very Tony Morrison's very dear to our family. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, she wrote about Lorraine um, in that book and others and stuff. And um, yeah, she writes about it. Yeah. Um, and my she had met my grandfather like, you know, she had been she had moved out when my mom was young. Like she was older, you know, yeah. so she was like off to college. But the family was great. And um, we just love her. And, um, you know, that book is devastating and so powerful and so important. And I hate that it's being banned all over the country because sure it's is. just so important. And there's my mom's name is Michaeline. There's a little character in it at the a baby called Michaelina. And like we have no evidence she that they're they connected. But we wonder. We always wonder, you know, because like it's an uncommon name. name. It's very uncommon. Yeah. So we always just kind of wonder, you know. Oh, so I think cool. that's a special book um, to me, too. That's really yeah. cool. That's yeah. a cool one. Love it. Yep. Rapping for Lorraine. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Connection. What about you, young lady? Yeah. So my last one. And um, that so Pride and Prejudice was one I read when I was like 13. Right. Mm -hmm. And as I continue reading it when I get older, just to like follow up on the alchemist thing, mm -hmm. I do find new lessons in it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you said that. And I was like, damn, that is how I feel. Because when mm. I read it this time, I felt different than when I read it last time. than when I felt read it the, f the first time Isn't I read it. What, like the hallmark of a good book mm -hmm. to some degree. I feel like it's the same with like albums. I mm. have like some favorite albums that are really old or, you know, old old in my life and that they've been <laughs> the around for a long time through 90s. seasons <laughs> of my life. And every time I come back to it, I still, I still enjoy the whole thing, but there's maybe like one or two songs that I like now. They're we my just, new favorites, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's um, always cool. Yeah. So this book has nothing to do with that. This is Codename Verity by Elizabeth Wine. Oh, I don't know yeah, if you guys were talking about this, right? No, we were talking about Verity by oh, Colleen Hoover. Oh, yes, my bad. yes. <laughs> and that is a bit. Okay, thank you. Know. That is a great <laughs> point. No, um, because uh, people ask me about like favorite book, like contemporary books. And this is one of my this is, I think, like one of the best books I've read in a, ever. Like, yeah, it would be up there, honestly. And I don't Code think a lot of Verity. people know about it. And a lot of people now get it confused with the mm -hmm. Colleen Hoover book, Verity. But this is codenamed Verity. I am not, and this is the reason I like this book. I don't typically like historical fiction, mm -hmm. contrary mm -hmm. to the Pride and Prejudice interlude. I don't typically like anything about wars mm -hmm. at yeah. all. Not for me. And I usually don't really like British stuff. Again, let's let's put Pride and Prejudice in its own section. Outlier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just be like some British stuff is like funny, but then some British stuff like it really doesn't do it for me. This book is all of those things. So and you still like it. And I really, really, really fucking like it. It's mm. so it's amazing. So basically, 
Um, it takes place during World War II. There's two young women in in Britain that um, are working for the army or for their their army. I think mm-hmm. it might be the Air Force or something. I'm not actually sure like what they're in anymore, but they're like best friends. And one is a pilot, and then one is a spy. Oh, and so one is the pi- the pilot that drops off and picks up the other girl who's the spy, mm-hmm. and they're besties, and they write letters to each other. So the last you're getting the book from the point of view of Verity. So it's code name Verity is the spy. Mm-hmm. So you're finding out like what happened because she's been captured by the Nazis, hmm. and so. You're kind of getting a replay from her perspective on like how she ended up in the situation, and you're. I think it also flips to the other girl who's like on the on the British side, doesn't know where her friends at, like doesn't know what's going on, is hoping that she gets out of it, and they just have like a really strong best friendship, which I I really like books like that. Like mm-hmm. I, I do read a lot of romance and I enjoy it, but I do think there's something just really nice about stories about friendship too. Yeah, like I just don't sure. think that that's always like people's first go to, but it's so important to have like strong friendships. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and it being from a female perspective during this time, you're also getting like, I mean, there's a history of women spies being out there and not being in in all kinds of wars. And you really, and even during like the American Revolutionary War and the Civil War, like we, Mm. and we don't talk about them Mm -mm. because they basically get lost to history because they just go back to being wives. I love (laughs) They just like leave. (laughs) I do. (laughs) So the whole time Verity has been captured and you, I don't think we ever find out her real name and it's not a true story. It's a fiction, but it is based on real accounts of things that happened to real spies during World War II. And I won't spoil the ending because Honestly, everyone should read this book, but I remember, like, I got so involved in what was happening, and when you find out, like, what it was that got her captured, mm-hmm. I might need to read this. I know. I do breaks, love I don't usually like that kind of you. story either, but I also love to be surprised, you know? I love to be proven wrong. It's not even, like, I, this. It's, it's hard to explain without giving it away. Yeah. Um, and I can if you want me to. No, no. we don't. Off, off. Because I want to read it. Yeah, I was going to no, say. No, I, mean, like, I like to be surprised by thinking I'm not going to be into a certain yeah, type of genre. Okay, and yeah. then, like, you give it a chance. And, and you're, now you're like, like holy you enjoy it. Yeah. yeah, that's so fun. And yeah, it kind of humbles me, you know. And no, this, this is a up. book that um, I've given out so many times that it's lost. I don't oh, have it anymore. Because yeah. I, I don't know who had it last. But And there's not necessarily, like, anything... There's no lesson here. Yeah. It's just an interesting story. But like I said, I mean, it, it's it's moving in a lot of ways. You know, it's about two friends, in, two in unlikely heroes in a conflict that we know very well. Yeah, getting a different perspective on it. I haven't heard that one. Yeah, a lot. and you and you really like the heroines. <laughs> like they're really interesting. <laughs> Where could you go for that type of content? That's interesting. It's very rare. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I would definitely, and it it, it published uh, in 2012. Oh. So it's older now, and I read it probably when I read it when I was in college. I was thinking that was like recent. <laughs> Isn't it weird how time compresses? Like, that was yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I was gonna, so like to me, it's kind of still recent in terms of like it's it's not. I mean, you said it was old. I thought you said it was. I read old. it in college. That's uh, oh boy, that's recent. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying it's it's the most recent of the ones that okay. I mean if someone asks me like we were talking about book talk earlier mm-hmm. there's actually like a book talk kind of trend where they go to a librarian which like I know I'm not like the coolest person. I know that. <laughs> Don't slander librarians. I'm not slandering like librarians. But then they always ask they ask the librarian like what's your favorite book? Or like right. if you were to pick out a book what would it be? And then they run. And I'm just like, yo, can we get them some running lessons? Because like, they, they run away? They run to the shelf. Oh, to get the oh, book. Oh, okay. wow. And I'm always like, what? Are, like, Why are they running? The librarians run? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Man, I need to. Is that a part of the talk? Okay. I'm- yeah, because it'll be like, okay, what's your favorite book? Go. And they're like, okay, boom. And they like oh run. But I'm like, oh, their Sir, madam, not, we need to like, good. this their is how you use your, yeah, I just, uh, like, I don't know. But anyway. That's what I'll be watching in Midnight in Bed. <laughs> when people ask Guilty me, pleasure. catch me in the night on TikTok <laughs> looking for this. Just make yourself feel better about your running habits. Yeah. You see the right. librarians. But, I'm not a good runner. <laughs> um, I, if, when someone asked me that question, if I were a librarian, like I would also mad dash directly to this book. I think everyone will like this book. I, there's people that don't like this genre. Like I said, like you said. They love this book. It's a great book. Um, and yeah, I've got a lot of people to read it because I get so like passionate about it. And I've had a lot of book conversations consistently. And it's always, it's I it has not changed. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be like in the top for me. Great. Oh, good one. Wow. Well, that was a hearty discussion, ladies. It was. It was. I, hope, I hope our listeners got some good ideas some for summer, summer reading. reading. Yeah. Good about it. Some they haven't read before. Maybe some that they want to reread. Yeah. But we're going to start with Codename Verity. Well, I don't know. No. Okay, I'm going to read that, but I don't know. We'll let we'll let them decide. You decide, but then you decide and then tell me why it was Codename Verity <laughs> that you picked. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. So that was a good one. Yeah. Thanks for that. So let's uh, let's play a little game. All right. Let's go. So in place of You're Not Wrong, this Week? episode, I was like this season, okay. <laughs> this, this day, um, we're going to go with our generational quiz. Okay. So as you know, this is a show about different perspectives from generational point of view, right? Um, But sometimes people don't exactly fall into one or the other. Mm. And even Nicole and I, I mean, we're both cuspers, right? As mentioned previously, Mm -hmm. I cusp on Gen Z. She cusps on millennial. You're younger than me. I I just turned 39 last week. Yeah, you're young. Mm. So are you? Yeah, she she, she might be. Well, so I I call myself a Zennial most of the time because I'm in that sort of, I am a cusper too. Um, I think that I'm right on the the low end of what's considered a millennial. Like yeah. 1983 right. is when I was born. Yeah. So okay. yeah. I think that might even be one of the... I mean, there's different definitions. It depends. It depends. 79. Yeah. 79, so, yeah. But I'm almost a millennial, so you, you might be a millennial. I might be, yeah. I'm, it, it depends on my mood if I want to own it or not. That's what this quiz is for. <laughs> and okay. this is what this is why we're here. Okay. So um, if you've ever wondered whether you lie more in the Gen X, the millennial, or perhaps the... Zenial, we're about to find out. Okay. Either way, don't worry. You're not wrong. It's okay. Great. Um, how many phone numbers do you have memorized? Is it more than three or two or less? More than three. More than three. Mm. Okay. All right. All right. Really? My mom, my dad. Well, yeah. My mom, my dad, uh, my husband, my best friend from school. Um, and give them all to us now for verification. I <laughs> still love that. <laughs> And yeah. we're going to call them. Yeah. <laughs> My grandma. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's good to have her number memorized. Yeah. When you have a work question, mm-hmm. do you prefer to send a Teams message or email or 
call the person? A message. A message, okay. I mean, it depends on the question. If it needs a conversation, I'll send a message to set up the conversation. Okay, interesting. That, yeah. That's interesting. I'm definitely trying to get that answer and that message. Yeah, what, if it's nuts and bolts, it's got to be a message. When you send a work email, how many exclamation points do you include? Oh, this is a huge thing. So I'm always self-editing. This is like a lean-in thing, right? Yeah. I'm always reading over my emails to see, did I use too many? I, I would say per email, I use one or two. Um, and then I'm always like taking out... I'm always either taking one out or adding one in because I don't if I ha don't have any, I feel like it's rude or just kind of sullen. If I have too many, I Lean feel like in. I'm not serious. You know, Use only period. I also take <laughs> out like the word just or I was just wondering yeah, stuff checking. like that. Yeah, just checking. So I don't know, two, two to three. OK, I've actually stopped using them. OK, that's yeah. good. That's admirable. Thanks. Yeah. It was tough. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, what about when somebody sends you one with exclamation and then you reply? Well, to be do you to be not fair, to be quite fair, I don't really notice, mm. I would say. Mm. But then I'm reading from like a different perspective, right? Because mm -hmm. for me, I would naturally include them. So I think I naturally read over them. But to someone else who, as discussed, is not a young female, <laughs> could potentially, will probably notice those things, right? I also put them all over my columns because I love them for a dramatic effect. <laughs> like if I'm writing jokes. I know many editors from oh, my, my previous jobs who would like hate that. Yeah. I know I abuse them liberally and I do not <laughs> apologize for it. I think I think I just fell in love with you for that. <laughs> that's that's what statement. happens when you're a columnist. Because yep, you do what you want. Do what yeah, you want. Because like, I cannot tell you that and... um. M dashes. Oh yeah, people hate those. And yeah. I'm like, but they can be dramatic. I've been trying to use more semicolons lately. To oh like, boy, that's wow, a, that's, okay. a, that's a grown up punctuation right there. Yeah. You know, wow, I'm, okay. I'm working them in. I love know. a long dash. A long dash feels yeah, good. Long dash is great. <laughs> um, what is your rising sign? I don't know. I'm a Gemini. That, that is your rising sign. Oh, okay. <laughs> she doesn't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know. I mean, the she, surrounding she information. Know. So you have tough. to put no. Does it no? Um, I mean, I know my sign. I don't know the other stuff about it. Have you used a payphone? Yes. <laughs> what was the first way you looked at movie times? In the newspaper. <laughs> I'm old. That's not an option here. It's not an option. What do you mean it's not an option? Oh, it should be. Well, like also the phone. Like you would okay, call. Okay, okay. Yeah, you had to call. Movie phone. It was also in the paper too, though. Yeah. You're moving next week. Mm -hmm. To move your things, would you ask friends for help or hire movers? Now, at this point in my life, I would hire movers okay. because I'm older and I, you know, can probably afford it better than I could have when I was younger and... I just don't want to do that to somebody because I've done it for people. But um, at a different time, I would ask friends. Yeah, I would not want someone to call me and ask me that. No, <laughs> it's never. No one ever wants to do it. So you would get movers. Uh, now I would, but that's not always the answer. Okay. Now I would get movers. So congratulations. <laughs> you side more on Gen X. Yeah. Oh, yay! Is that what you wanted? I'm not surprised. I don't really she's know. She's not happy. I mean, I read like the Zenial definition. No, no. I'm she's, she's disappointed. I don't know about that, Nicole. <laughs> you got real happy. She's disappointed. I'm not disappointed. I mean, the way I've always read the definition of kind of where I fall is like, um, the, uh, what is it? Like an anal, like we grew up analog and digital. Like yeah. we straddled both, you yeah. know? I kind of like that because I feel like I have a toe and you know both sides and um my husband's older than me he's 46 mm -hmm. um he's seven years older than me is that right 
So he's yeah. all analog. Mostly. So he's Gen X for sure. Yeah. You know, but I think I'm also close enough that, you know, I it's not like we can't relate to any of life our life experiences, nostalgia. you know, nostalgia and stuff. So um I appreciate that. But like I don't know. No, I it's weird, you know, I think like cuspers are sort of a muddled bunch it's but the best of both worlds i think so i like it i've yeah. learned to embrace it i think it works i mean <laughs> i think i'm a little more analog than digital but i definitely know the digital world too yeah so but you're a gen xer okay i'm proud so i'm proud of it our last guest we didn't well your dad's boomer my dad is very boomer <laughs> should have given him the test though he likes to say he's he like should. the lost yeah. uh, the lost generation or something i don't know that is the a thing that is but, a thing the forgotten generation yeah there, he like had that. some it weird is. name for it um i mean gen x is kind of turning into that because every article you read like they just leave gen x they out just entirely. skip right they over skip us right like over. we don't matter i and know that's the thing see if you're a true gen x you're fine with that yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> you don't really want to be you included just let me do what i that's do that's so true Ugh. fair enough gosh yeah so this was very fun this was so fun it was great having you here i'm so glad you invited me yeah it's good to see you it brings back nostalgia yeah <laughs> of a time before a time yeah it was a time nice. it yeah was, it was a grand time <laughs> this was so cool i enjoyed meeting you and yeah. seeing you again nicole you it's too. Been too long i know it has been long i gotta keep in touch with you tell us again where you people can well, find well, you wait one second oh i thought you oh i thought you would do that after this oh okay yeah we can do yeah, that tell so. us again I'm where you very where serious you, face yeah. Um, okay. So my columns are on tampabay.com slash Stephanie. I have a page. Mm. My newsletter is tampabay.com slash newsletters is the easiest place to find it. Mm. Um, there's a bunch there, but just scroll until you see mine. It's mm. called Stephanie. Um, and then, uh, I'm on Twitter at Steph Hayes and Instagram at Steph R Hayes. And I think that's probably it. All right. Yeah. So now. Very cool. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, it was really fun talking to you. Definitely. Want to do the review? Let's do the review. Right. So um, this review says clever, mm. to which I'd like to respond. Thank you. And you're welcome. Mm. So okay. this review says the brainchild behind this podcast needs praising. The collaboration between Elizabeth and Nicole is effortlessly done, which allows such entertaining dialogue between the two generations. As a Gen Xer, I have loved the trips down memory lane shared by Nicole in her Gen X files. I have also enjoyed learning new concepts from Elizabeth that are bold and fearless, as many millennials are. The podcast is definitely good for the souls of all. So thank you very much to whoever sent that in. We really appreciate it. Um, very you. nice, kind words. That was awesome. Yeah. So Bravo if you don't us. know... If you leave us a review, a mm -hmm. five-star review, we'll read it aloud on the podcast, as you just heard. Mm -hmm. Please don't put an ad in there. I won't read that part. No, she won't. <laughs> but everything else, we will read regardless of whether or not you agree with us. So with that, I think that's the show. I think that's the show. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, Podca on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, see you guys. <laughs> see you next <laughs> time. <laughs>